Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Breaking news for this podcast. Shortly after we'd finished recording, it was confirmed that Sergio Perez has indeed tested positive for COVID-19. His Racing Point team says he is physically well and in good spirits, but he will continue to self-isolate under the guidelines of the relevant public health authorities, with safety the ultimate priority for the team and the sport. Racing Point says it intends to race two cars in the British Grand Prix this weekend, and it will provide an update on its driver lineup in due course. We wish Sergio Perez well in his recovery. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. After one weekend off, the 2020 Formula One season marches on with the next triple header set of races, which gets underway with the British Grand Prix at Silverstone this weekend. I drove up to the track from London with Autosport's F1 reporter Luke Smith this morning, and we'll be reporting live on the ground this weekend, as well as at the following event, the 70th anniversary GP. Today was the pre-event media day, which again took place in special circumstances due to the COVID secure protocols that have of course been enacted at Silverstone. So, after joining into various Zoom calls from the Wing Media Centre at Silverstone, Luke and I have decamped to our accommodation for the weekend. Now Luke, I'm going to let you describe our surroundings, mainly to make sure I don't accidentally mispronounce the name of the town that we're staying in. So, <laughs> I know you taught me as we were in the car driving this morning, but where are we? Uh, so, we were on the drive up and uh, you just turned to me and you went, how do I say the place we're staying this weekend? Uh, we are staying in Toaster with the WC in the middle causing some confusion, but it's the place where you put your bread. And uh, yeah, only about 10 minute drive from Silverstone. It's a very popular place for staying for a race weekend. And uh, we've got a nice little apartment. So uh, yeah, should be a good sort of uh, good bubble, I think, to, to decamp to at the end of each each day. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's very comfortable here. So yeah, I think we should be in for a 
looking for a good time when we arrived back late having exhausted and given the fruits given our absolutely everything to get every story and feature and all little insight what we can get from not being able to get in the paddock but no we shall we shall do our best of course but yeah I appreciate the uh, it's where you put your bread is how you is how you pronounce it because of course despite my surname I always fail to pronounce anything <laughs> correctly which is a bit mad really but there we go now uh, you know as I said we drove up this morning and when we arrived we came in we you know we collected our, our sticker for our car to uh, to go and to go and park correctly as, as, as always one should saw television's David Croft as we were doing so he's just ahead of us doing that which is interesting uh, and then um, we, uh, we drove in we had our temperature checked with a temperature gun got out of the car walked uh, towards the wing and it just felt it was silent you wouldn't have guessed we could see the trucks in the distance we could see the sort of paddock had been built as you would expect but it just felt empty to me I mean how did it feel to you no agreed yeah I mean normally even on a Thursday which is only media day there's kind of a buzz around the paddock and, and a buzz around the place and it was quite strange sort of uh, walking from the car park and seeing the wing in the distance and sort of having the feeling of ah oh, it's great to be back at a race circuit because it has been a very very long time but also there's none of the sort of the uh, I guess that that sort of quiet buzz around as people sort of go about their work because we've got obviously reduced personnel numbers on all counts uh, uh, throughout the paddock so uh, yeah that was definitely lacking a little bit um, and then uh, yeah I mean it's just even simple things like having a separate entrance that we as media have to make sure we don't go into the paddock um, obviously all part of the FIA's COVID protocols and uh, yeah we sort of got sent on this uh, long uh, long walk basically right the way all around the wing uh, before finally getting into the media centre and uh, it was set out a little bit like a sort of uh, exam hall really like lots of desks very very set a long way apart um, managed to bag two seats by the window which anyone who has worked at Silverstone will know is an absolute godsend because there is only one window um, and uh, yeah it was just a bit a bit of a, a strange vibe but also it was just kind of nice to be back like it was nice seeing some familiar faces it was nice sort of just getting back into the swing of things a little bit more and I know sort of the the idea of new normal and that that cliche that's been banded about so much but this is kind of like this is a taste of what F1 is going to be like for, for quite a while probably so it is really about us I just kind of kind of guess getting used to it and uh yeah adjusting but um yeah definitely lacked i think some of the quiet fervor that was there on that thursday in melbourne uh, before everything uh, went south very very quickly on the on the friday absolutely that was the last formula one event you and i were at and uh, yeah it feels like a different lifetime ago that we went all the way to australia for the season opener that never happened i mean what really struck me was just just the lack of you, you know everyone everyone has spoken about it lewis hamilton the british drivers everyone you know sort of mentioned it in austria and hungary as well is the lack of fans and it was just it was really that silence that really surprised me like of course like a Thursday before a normal British Grand Prix in a normal year you wouldn't expect that many fans to be there but you know people would still be you know setting up on the campsites and getting ready and things like that and then obviously when the track action you know the the grandstands at Silverstone always busy the track always busy even even on the Friday and throughout the weekend and that really struck me as as uh, as something and, it, and it's, it's worth uh, it's worth emphasizing again the track is absolutely you know emphatic nobody should try and you know turn up to the gate or try and catch a glimpse of the action or any of the drivers it's interesting how it works in the media center you can't really sort of sit in on the press conferences on the zoom call because you end up you know echoey sort of reverb sort of type noise on so you have to it's interesting at silverstone they've got you know the commentary boxes that overlook the pit lane and the pit straight and you know you're allowed to go in and sit individually it's like one person only to go in and it was interesting at one point i was um i looked over my laptop and there was someone actually fixing up black 
you know, back sort of backing onto one of the fences because you could sort of see the perimeter road beyond that from the sort of height we were at. And I think they're just being, you know, very, you know, being like very, very emphatic. As I said, no one, no one's supposed to turn up. No one should try to. The road, the road is closed. We saw the signs we were, we were driving in. And actually on the way to our, to our Airbnb tonight, I spotted, you know, one of the laybys. It says this is closed as of, I think it's tomorrow it comes into effect because they are just like nobody nobody should try and get anywhere near it um, but another thing we were trying to work out in the media centre so it was like a constant game of, of mental maths now admittedly our colleague Jonathan Noble warned us about this of when you have to get your next uh, Covid test now we did ours uh, Monday morning we've got to do another one uh, very shortly but that has been in the news today because Racing Point driver Sergio Perez is currently awaiting a retest following an inconclusive result for a test that he took ahead of the event that's pretty big how did it break? I think it actually actually sort of took me a bit by surprise because I've been off doing another interview with Williams driver George Russell and I came back and he said, have you heard the news? I was like, uh, no. And it's because only Lance Stroll would have, had appeared at the press conference, right? Yeah, it's very strange um, because uh, we kind of have the countdown timer for the beginning of each press conference and uh, it uh, went down from three to one screen popped up and there was only one seat taken like there was another seat empty where Sergio Perez should have been and um, then uh, the uh, press conference MC Tom Clarkson said that it was only Lance Stroll joining today and that was the first that we heard via the FIA that um, Sergio Perez was absent due to an inconclusive test result so uh, yeah very very uh, surprising news to come out I think it's uh, something that F1 has perhaps been braced for at some point I mean they've always said they can never get complacent and we had the first two positive COVID tests after well over 10,000 tests um, in over the Hungary weekend. Uh, so he's undergone a second test and is uh, self-isolating until there is uh, a until that result comes back and then we know for sure this is the first public instance we know of this happening um, but it's not not the first instance I mean there's a, a journalist for example who who was uh, due to be here today that is in a similar boat for example that had an inconclusive test result has to do another test and self-isolate so this doesn't mean that this is the first ever instance of this happening not at all um, but it is important I think F1 they are putting all the right protocols in place uh, it is not going to mean that there's any cancellation in the race as we saw in Australia for example and um, we saw in Hungary that even with a couple of positive tests it's still more than possible for the race weekend to go ahead um, the uh, immediate team that works with Checo at Racing Point they are also self-isolating because they'll have been in close contact with him so I think it really just shows that this is this is really F1 system working like it is very very clear in terms of the contact tracing between people who, who have been in contact with Perez and uh, they just want to be 100% sure as to what those test results are. Absolutely. I mean, it is it is still very, very complex because it's, it's one thing if, uh, you know, if a player on a, on, a, on a team sport like football, NFL or something like that, I mean, I know if, if one of those players tested positive, I imagine that would cause all kinds of havoc because you know what other players have been in contact you, you might end up having many of them, you know, having to withdraw from matches or whatever. But for a Formula One driver to do it, for each team there's only two of them in terms of their name driver so it's going to have a massive knock-on effect if Perez can't race as you say Luke that is you know that's that's not what's the stage we're at at the moment because you know the test could come back and it could obviously show that he's negative but nevertheless the team obviously has to plan in case that does happen and, and, it, and it is a positive result Um, you know if it would it would be it would be interesting to see how Formula One reacts. What you know, what the the statements are, what the explanations are in terms of those processes that you mentioned. Just because it is such a high profile thing for a driver, like it's one thing for those two tests that happened in Hungary. You know, for that for that to have you know 
been handled very well and it was handled very well but a driver getting it is, is just that's another level of wow this is you know this is serious um we can't help but speculate who might replace him it's always a very interesting conversation about drivers uh, getting replaced obviously though we do wish Sergio well and everybody else at Racing Point and and not to make light of the situation but you know we can still have a good chat about who might jump into the other RP20 so Stoffel van Dorn I understand is the sort of nominated reserve driver but it's complicated by the fact that he's currently in Berlin preparing for the rest of the Formula E season that's going to start next week with his Mercedes team so what do we know about who potentially could replace Perez if it comes to it Stoffel van Dorn is one of Mercedes nominated reserves for this season and he that's a role that he shares with uh, Esteban Gutierrez um, Gutierrez made his last F1 start in 2016 with Haas so it's, it's been a while since he's uh, been part of a Grand Prix weekend um, but those are the two drivers who are sort of really called on by Mercedes and uh, as part of the agreements they would be called on by either Racing Point or McLaren as well were they needing uh, a driver to step in uh, as you say though Van Dorn is uh, on the way to Berlin. Uh, he's got lots of uh, Formula E preparation to do. So Mercedes were never planning for Stoffel to be on site this weekend. That would point towards Gutierrez perhaps being a, a more likely option, given that he would he was more likely to sort of be around uh, with the team. Um, but naturally, there's a sort of a, a wide array of drivers who could also step into that seat. I mean, there's lots of drivers who have a, an FIA super license that would make them eligible um, to, to, to race for the team. Um, it might be that they are keen for someone who's got some more recent F1 experience. Um, I think when Paul DeResta stepped in for Felipe Massa in 2017 in Hungary, and that was a that was a real curveball, and uh, he did he did well, but he was a long way off the pace still because it had been a good sort of three four years since he'd raced. Um, so yeah, you've got to sort of think about who might they look to. Uh, I think Nico Hulkenberg is a name that naturally has come up. Um, obviously, raced for a long long time with the team when it was known as Force India. Has uh, got a very good relationship with a lot of people working for the team. He could potentially be an option where he to be able to to get to the tracking time. And get all sorted we talk about the silly season that's been quite crazy already this year and this is kind of another uh, bit of uh, speculating and, and uh, musing we can do about who may step into that seat were Perez to be ruled out absolutely I mean it's nothing simple anymore like what if Nico Hulkenberg isn't in the country you know travel in the era of coronavirus is, is so much more complicated another big talking point in the paddock today uh, the ongoing movement for racial equality, what Formula One is doing. You know, there's lots of discussion about that because of particularly particularly the Hungarian race, it just looked a bit rushed with what happened ahead of the national anthem. Still some drivers not kneeling. It doesn't look united. I mean, they, they, you know, they are, they are emphatic that they are united in being anti-racist, but just without everybody doing the same thing, like you see in other sports, like in the Premier League, like the cricket, West Indies, England, I thought that was some fantastic gestures there from, from all the players. Um, so yeah, it's, it, you know, come up again, Roman Grosjean and Lewis Hamilton basically sort of at the centre of uh, conversations today in terms of their media conferences because um, Grosjean was asked about what Hamilton said after the race in Hungary where he was basically like, uh, he effectively, you know, called Grosjean out and, and explains that Grosjean had said, you know, we've done it once, we don't we don't need to keep doing it. And it sort of now transpired that he was saying it in the context of his role as the chairman of the Grand Prix Drivers Association. And basically he was saying not everyone's potentially comfortable with still doing it every time. So that's the sort I think that's where it all came from 
Grosjean said he had a 45 minute phone call with Lewis Hamilton after that race just to clear the air make that you know misunderstanding clear it all up and everything and it seemed that Hamilton was was really appreciative first of all the gesture of the phone call things that you know that they that they discussed in that topic and then the fact that Grosjean came out and said oh you know maybe I was wrong I should have handled it differently and what I did and I think Hamilton was just sort of like yeah that's a great first step Grosjean's clearly a very caring guy but you know it's, 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 it's not an issue that's going away it's not an issue that should go away we need to keep talking about this and keep making sure you know this this progress this push towards change does happen and everybody playing their part as, as they can um so yeah what did you what did you make of uh of, of of Grosjean and Hamilton's day and it was it was asked in basically every press conference or certainly every press conference that I was uh I was listening to what did you make of the the, the, the progress today and the, the discussions today Luke yeah it's very important as you say and this is something that it cannot go away um and it really it really shouldn't be a case of well we've done it once therefore we don't need to do it anymore and we do know there is this division between the drivers not in terms of their uh stance against racism absolutely not every driver has made clear that they are anti-racist naturally um but in terms of the decision to kneel or not to kneel there there is there is a clear break like we've got a group of six drivers who, who do not want to kneel um some of them have explained their feelings on it saying that they um in terms of their culture and, and uh what it would mean to kneel in their own nations um it has other connotations i think daniel kibia has given an excellent explanation of that um other drivers perhaps haven't been as uh haven't explained it as much and then when asked why they say well we, we've already explained and we don't have to make it clear um i uh, put a question today to uh, the both alfa romeo drivers who uh giovanazzi and reichner neither of whom have knelt um asking uh, if lewis hamilton had spoken to them because lewis previously said that he would like to talk to the drivers who weren't kneeling to get a better understanding and try and explain things a little bit more and um and Kimmy said well we haven't but even if we had like that's not something to talk about in the media and then said well the media can't just point fingers all the time and question why we're not kneeling or question our actions or anything like that um and it kind of it missed missed the point of what what I was asking I don't think we are out for a witch hunt or to place blame or anything like that we're just trying to understand and I think everyone in F1 is trying to understand where each driver is coming from in terms of their position on this um carlos science he's someone else who hasn't knelt and uh he he was very good in it and he said he said opening the press conference today he said i i have not faced any of the racism that lewis hamilton has faced throughout throughout his life obviously not um and he, he was spoke very warmly about lewis he said that he's got admiration for him and he thinks he's being a really good leader on this and i think that that was a nice sort of message to put out there and even if carlos personally is not comfortable with kneeling the actual message and he can see what Lewis is doing as a leader and why this is so important to the sport. This is not something that's going to go away. I think it's something that every driver is going to be asked about for the remainder of the season. Um, and I think that they have got to be comfortable talking about it because these are difficult conversations that we as society and as a sport are having right now. Um, and rightly so. Like we need to talk about it. We need to make this progress to make a more equal world and a more equal sport. Personally, I, I just hope more of the drivers do sort of see why we keep asking these questions, why we have to keep talking about it. And uh, yeah, Roman said today that he hoped he echoed Lewis Hamilton's recent comments, saying he hoped that one day you'd have all twenty drivers kneeling together at the front of the grid. Sadly, don't think that will happen. I think uh, Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz, both said they don't intend to change their stance anytime soon um but i think it's good that we keep talking about it and 
keep understanding. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's interesting to hear Grosjean say today that it's understood that they are going to allocate a bit more time, sort of a bit more, do things a little bit sort of more proper, properly is basically the, the sort of word, you know, the just having that time set aside so it's not rushed and, and hopefully it just doesn't look quite as disjointed as it did in Hungary, but we shall we shall see on Sunday. And uh, now we're going to rattle through this because this is the first of our bite-sized podcasts that we're doing uh, this weekend from Silverstone. Just to let you know that the couple of teams have got some updates that they're going to be trying. Red Bull says they've got an extensive trial of new parts to try on Friday practice, whereas Daniel Ricciardo said that Renault have bought, has bought some trickles of new parts, which is interesting phrasing. He said, look out for the barge board areas is there's one to keep an eye on. Uh, we're just going to end with a last point on uh, Mercedes driver Valtteri Bottas because if you recall back to the Hungarian Grand Prix he had uh, quite the faux pas with his starting procedure he sort of reacted stopped got going again did he jump a start did he not there was lots of conversations about that on social media and then he said afterwards that uh, he was reacting to a light on his uh, on his dash not das as I nearly said in my mind there uh, and he sort of cleared that up today um, our colleague Jonathan Noble sent in an email question and uh, and said you know what, what's been done about that as many changes made and he confirmed yes that he and Mercedes had looked at it and they've made some changes this weekend which should avoid him getting uh, you know distracted again by the rev counter lights it wasn't anything else that he was sort of reacting to uh, it was just uh, yeah just 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 that there um but yeah what what did you make of uh, of what of what are the championship leaders i think um it's gonna be interesting whether this race boils down to just a fight between hamilton and bottas or whether anybody else can get amongst it because it looks it looks like you know mercedes are away and gone judging by the first three races yeah definitely and there's sort of none of this uh None of this concern that maybe some Mercedes had in previous years. Uh, Silverstone, it's been a obviously a high-speed track that Ferrari have traditionally done quite well at. Um, but no, I mean, even today, like they said, like in terms of weaknesses of the W11 car, it's really hard to pinpoint where there are many areas that it really is struggling. Um, Lewis Hamilton said that he thought the car would work beautifully around the circuit, which is quite quite ominous. Um, Max Verstappen said Red Bull would be lucky if they got within half a second of the Mercs, which is again quite daunting. Um, so I think we are probably looking at things boiling down to a, a straight fight between those two Mercedes. But We'll see. I mean, the temperature's looking pretty hot uh, over the coming days, which could maybe shake things up a little bit. But I think it's going to take something quite dramatic to stop uh, uh, a fight between the two Mercedes. And uh, hopefully with this uh, lights issue sorted for Bottas as well, there'll be no repeats of his uh, his uh, dud start in uh, Hungary. And we can maybe have a bit of a closer race-long fight between the two of them. Absolutely. Well, fingers crossed for that. Just uh, just worth noting on the temperatures that it's going to be it's going to be pushing thirty degrees, probably over that tomorrow at the track tomorrow. And then, judging by the forecast I've seen, it's going to it's going to plunge by about ten degrees. Still be sunny on Sunday, but just I suspect that we'll be hearing a lot about oh, the temperatures are different from practice. We don't know what that's going to mean for the race or things like that. You know, you know, we just want the drivers to say how it is and how easy or difficult it's going to be. But there we go. No, I'm joking, of course. So anyway, sorry, I'm rambling as we come towards the end of this podcast. So uh, Luke, thank you very much for your time tonight. We're going to go and. Uh, forage for some food it looks like there's a supermarket just over the way there so we'll uh, we'll go and explore that just thank you to everybody for listening now just before we go we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of autosport magazine is out today and is available on the supermarket shelves and in news agents as well as on the doormats of subscribers there'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every thursday packed full of news analysis and the usual stunning photography and of course if you want unlimited access to autosport from the comfort of your home visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package we'll be back soon with another episode of the autosport podcast
Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.